What is up, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Oh boy, the Bruins drop from the top seed in the Eastern Conference to the fourth seed thanks to a 2-1 loss to the Washington Capitals on Sunday afternoon in Toronto. They finished the round-robin section of the NHL's return to play plan 0-3 and will now therefore take on the Carolina Hurricanes in the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as the President's Trophy winners and also the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, which, yeah, pretty stupid, but that's the situation that we find ourselves in. We'll break down the game against the Capitals, take a look at all the playoff matchups, specifically the Bruins and the Hurricanes, and take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL as we do every day here on the podcast. But let's begin with Sunday's 2-1 loss to the Washington Capitals, a game in which the Bruins looked very good early on, out shooting the Capitals, I think something like 6-2 to two in the first period. That second shot for the Capitals came late on a defensive breakdown from our captain Zdeno Chara, leading to a TJ Oshie goal. And um, very unfortunate start to the game for the Bruins. Like I said, they looked very good early on. Um, Bruce Cassidy, after the game on Sunday, said we got better defensively against good offensive teams in Tampa and Washington, and we tightened up structurally, kind of looking back at the round robin as a whole. He added, I thought we got through the neutral zone well the last couple games, better offensively, so that that started to come. Guys that have been there, obviously the stakes are still in the ground. You look at our top line, they've been held off the score sheet. I believe that it's going to be a tough task for Carolina to do that on a consistent basis. Those guys will be able to get their game going, specifically Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, who did not score in any of the three round-robin games. And he said, we're going to need that primary scoring. Maybe some of that will come to life on the power play. That was an issue in the loss to the Capitals. The Bruins went 0-2 for 2 on the power play. Um, had some good looks, but I will admit that I found myself as a shoot-the-puck guy watching from my couch here at home. Overall, Cassidy said he liked their compete level against the Capitals. Uh, you're not going to win in the playoffs if you're not competitive, he said. We're generally healthy through these four games, so that's a big advantage for the Bruins. Some teams have lost players. I think of Victor Hedman, who was injured in Saturday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. They also remain without Steven Stamkos, which is a big hit. So, you know, injury-wise, the Bruins fared very well in the round robin. They didn't suffer any serious injuries. And Andre Kasha was able to make his debut on Sunday. And to be quite honest, that second line of uh, DeBrusque, Krejci, and Kasha looked uh, very good. And um, if the Bruins can indeed get their three lines of scoring going and get some contributions on the forecheck 
and some good defensive play from their fourth line, then I think they should be well positioned to succeed in the playoffs. Again, the team has failed to gain the momentum that you know they rode to becoming the NHL's only 100-point team in the regular season, but uh, they don't really seem phased by it. In fact, it feels like they're looking forward to getting rid of this series of games out of the way and moving on to the playoffs. Tuka Rask vocalized this when he said, these first-round Robin games, or whatever they were, you just try to shake off the rust and get your team game in a place you want it to be. We improved over these three games. He said, we worked very hard for our goals, just didn't get rewarded. I think that's going to come. You find a way. It doesn't matter what seed you are. You have to beat every team anyways if you want to advance. I think we feel good. It's over now, and we start real hockey. I'll get into it a bit here in a few moments, but we all remember our Boston Bruins sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They met only once this season, and it was a 2-0 shutout for the Bruins with Yaroslav Halak in net. And as troubling as the Bruins' play was in the round robin, I will admit that they did get better each and every game, and I think this core is experienced enough to realize when the games matter most and will step it up. Would it have been nice to get the number one seed? Yes, you would have loved to have been able to play the Montreal Canadiens in the first round. Uh, But from there... You know, there's no easy outs in the playoffs. Uh, We remember last season, the Tampa Bay Lightning, a clear juggernaut in the regular season, and they were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. So nothing is guaranteed in the playoffs. What we want to see is the team getting better and better and falling into place when the games matter most. Uh, Jake DeBrusque said, it's exciting. This is the dance, and this is what we worked all year for. We liked it to be different circumstances, playing at home in the garden. But I think it's exciting. It's a different kind of game. We didn't like how these games went, but we got better as we went along. It's just a matter of taking it out in game one here, going against a really good Carolina team. We saw them last year. We know they're going to be ready. It's just a matter of playing better. Now, DeBrusque, for his part, he scored the lone goal for the Bruins. Um, taking advantage of a bit of a broken play and going five-hole on Holtby. But he said he didn't feel good about his game, necessarily. He swapped from right wing on the third line against Tampa Bay back to his second line left wing spot with Krejci and Kasha for this one. Um, He said, you know, for me, it's battles, winning board battles. Didn't really love being moved around as much as he did. Just trying to feel more comfortable each game. But we played better overall on Sunday. It just wasn't the result. Um, Krejci, you know, bouncing around wingers perpetually, it seems. Uh, The last two games, he thought, were steps in the right direction. A little more urgency around the net. He thinks the team needs that playoff mentality. Shoot the puck, crash the net. That's what was missing from our game today. And I certainly would agree with that. Uh, of Kasha, Krejci said he thought there was some jump in his game. He created a couple scoring chances for himself. A really smart player. Fun to play with him. This was his first game in five months, so I'm sure he'll just get better each game. And I think that trio as a whole will get better each game as well. And in fact, uh, the Bruins are banking on it after having acquired Kasha prior to the trade deadline. 
only seeing him for six games before the pause. He was limited to one game here in the round robin because of issues with quarantine. And uh, he certainly did look good on that right side. And, you know, Gord willing, he is the answer on the right wing for that line that has been uh, desperately missing for this team. The first line is what it is. We expect them to get better and to cash in here at some point. Uh, with the second line solidified, I did like what I see from uh, Richie, Coyle, and Bjork. Uh, Bjork playing on his off wing, but that line had some really good chances. Richie had a beautiful chance uh, where the first shot was blocked by a defenseman, and then the second shot, Holtby was able to get back in position to flummox that opportunity. But overall, that line looked really good. And going into this one, Cassidy said he thought the fourth line has been the best of all. Um, I've been saying over and over that he really seems married to the line of Nordstrom, Corrali, and Wagner. Going to kind of ride and die with that fourth line. Uh, strong forechecking, penalty killers, and they can give a boost of offense, as we saw with Chris Wagner getting two goals in the round robin to lead the team. And if if that continues, that's you know bad news for the Bruins, but we expect... Of course, that, um, you know, as the games get more serious, that the top players will be who we think they are and uh, prove themselves to be uh, the kind of big game players that we know that they are. Bruins outshot the Capitals in this one. The Chancers were there. Braden Holtby always seems to have their number. But for now, they are set to face uh, Peter Mrazek, James Reimer, and the rest of the Carolina Hurricanes um, in a series that we will touch on here in a moment and take a deeper look at before Game 1 uh, for sure in more of a preview mode. But before we do that, let's talk for a moment about rockauto.com. Before we move on, allow me to talk to you for a moment about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the brand his warehouse happens to carry? We all have our own computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. They're a family-run business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low, and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. So after the loss to the Washington Capitals, the Bruins drop to the four seed. And what does that mean moving forward? Well, they will now play a first-round series against a Carolina Hurricanes team that swept the New York Rangers in the qualifying round and who they also swept last year in the Eastern Conference Final. It's a four versus six matchup thanks to Montreal beating the Pittsburgh Penguins in the qualifying round. Had Pittsburgh won, then Boston would have played 
the Penguins. Had Boston retained the number one seed, then they would have played the Canadians in the first round. As it stands, they fell to four. Columbus is in sixth, and they will face off in the first round. Now, the Hurricanes posted a record of 38-25-5 and in the regular season, 81 points. They had a plus-29 goal differential. Our Bruins, of course, were 19 points ahead of them, thanks to a record of 44, 14, and 12, good for 100 points and a 53, uh, plus 53 goal differential. They only met once in the regular season, and it was a uh, shutout victory back in December with Yaroslav Halak in net. If you go back to the conference final last year, the Bruins, of course, swept that series. You'd have to go back to 2009 uh, to find the last time the Hurricane slash Whalers franchise beat the Bruins in the playoffs. True story about that series. I was living in Scotland at the time, and at that point, TSN had the games up here in Canada, and you could re-watch the games uh, from their website after the fact, so the game was on very late uh, Scotland time. So I woke up the following morning. Social media wasn't as prevalent, so spoilers were easy to avoid at that point. And I think I had maybe just jumped on Twitter a couple weeks earlier. I watched the whole game, got to overtime. I think by that point I had to rush out to class. I was uh, doing a master's. That's why we were in Scotland. Uh, so I skipped forward because I wasn't sure how many overtimes it was going to be and uh, saw the result and was incredibly angry for <laughs> for the rest of the day because, uh, yeah, we all remember uh, how that series ended. The Bruins, like I said, they swept the Hurricanes last year, um, winning 5-2, 6-2, 2-1, and 4-0. And sure, the Hurricanes are... Uh, Older this year, they're arguably better. Uh, they have some star players, you know, you could say in the making, but arguably have already arrived as star players. Sebastian Ajo, Andrei Svechnikov, Teuvu Taravainen, uh, Dougie Hamilton, who was injured for the qualifying round, but it looks like he could be back in time for uh, this series. Uh, they also have... Yeah, they added at the trade deadline, adding Brady Shea from the Rangers, Vincent Trocheck from the Panthers. They have arguably the deepest and best defense core in the NHL. And uh, I'm not quite sold on their goaltending with Peter Mrazek and James Reimer. I think the Bruins have an advantage there. Uh, but this team is not to be taken lightly by any means, uh, even though the Bruins swept them last year. Um, the way they're playing now, the way... The Bruins kind of struggled through the round robin. Um, the gap has shortened a bit between these two teams. Um, I will still believe the Bruins can and will win the series, but uh, it should be uh, very close and entertaining, I, I would say. We'll do a full preview uh, tomorrow on the podcast as Game 1 is set for Tuesday August 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so tomorrow we'll do a, a more of a preview, but that's where the Bruins stand now as a result of dropping to the four seed. The other 
playoff series if you uh, have not yet seen that, which I'm not sure why you wouldn't. But just to uh, recap, the Philadelphia Flyers, like I mentioned, they rose to number one. They'll take on the Montreal Canadiens, who uh, are the now eighth seed, uh, although, you know, technically the 12th seed overall in uh, the Eastern Conference. The second seed, Tampa Bay Lightning, will take on the Columbus Blue Jackets in a rematch of last year's upset sweep by Columbus. That occurred as a result of Columbus beating Toronto in a Game 5 on Sunday evening, uh, which you truly hate to see. The other series will be the Washington Capitals taking on the New York Islanders with former Capitals head coach and Stanley Cup winner Barry Trotz taking on his former team. Out West, we'll have the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Chicago Blackhawks, a series for which goaltender Robin Leonard has already sent out an awkward alert on Twitter, seeing as he'll be taking on the team that traded him prior to the deadline. The Colorado Avalanche taking on the Arizona Coyotes, the Dallas Stars, and the Calgary Flames, and the St. Louis Blues taking on the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Based on recent history and because of how fun they are, I'm rooting for the Canucks in that one uh, for sure. So that will be the first round of the Stanley Cup Playoffs 2020. It begins on Tuesday, as I mentioned. Our Bruins will be taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 1. Also on Tuesday, we will get the... Uh, Blue Jackets and Lightning Game 1, Flame Stars Game 1, and Blackhawks Golden Knights Game 1. But like I said, I'll preview the Hurricanes Bruins series more in depth on uh, tomorrow's podcast. Let's finish off now with some news and notes from around the NHL. Let's finish with the other two big stories around the NHL here on Monday, August 10th. Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, the number one pick in the 2020 NHL Draft will be awarded in the second phase of the NHL Draft Lottery. The eight teams eliminated from the Cup qualifiers will participate in the second phase, and each will have a 12.5% chance of winning the number one pick. Those teams, as a refresher, are the Edmonton Oilers, Florida Panthers, Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Winnipeg Jets. I think I speak for all of us when I say do not want it to be the Oilers, Penguins, Maple Leafs, probably the Rangers as well. They've got enough young talent. Don't want it to be the Panthers, uh, who we'll touch on here in a second as well. Uh, So I'm rooting for one of those Central Division teams, the Wild, the Predators, or the Jets. Probably the Jets. Um, seeing as I lived in Manitoba for a time, have a soft spot for that province. Uh, But the Wild would be uh, pretty cool as well. Due to the uniqueness of this year, it'll be awarded to a team that finished as high as 7th or as low as 21st. Pittsburgh as the 7th team, Minnesota 21st. Since the 1995 NHL draft, no team has held the number one pick who finished better than 26th. So it's going to be a really unique situation there. Um, No team has picked number one after playing in the postseason series since the North Stars in 1983. The uniqueness of the 2020 NHL draft, 
is exciting for the NHL and its fans, in part that it was reconfigured into a two-phase process, with the initial lottery phase resulting in the number one selection going to a yet-to-be-determined club. This from Dan Marr, the director of NHL Central Scouting. The fact that eight clubs eliminated have all equal odds at winning the lottery makes it truly unique, and the fans in each of those cities will be excited knowing they have a one-in-eight chance of being awarded the number one selection. The number one pick, as we're all aware, is 99% sure to be Alexis Lafreniere, who is a uh, just wildly talented player from the Rimouski Oceanique of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He's a really smart player, and his hockey IQ is at the highest level possible, according to Jean-Francois Dampousse of NHL Central Scouting. Not a finesse guy who only relies on his overall skills. He competes, he hits, he finishes checks, and is really entertaining to watch. You can feel it when he's on the ice. Lafreniere recorded 35 goals and 77 assists to win the Jean Beliveau Trophy as a leading scorer in the queue this year. And he is the winner of the Canadian Hockey League Top Draft Prospect of the Year Award as well. He was named the MVP of the 2020 World Junior Championships after recording four goals, six assists, and five games to help Canada win the tournament. And he could be the third QMJHL player to be picked number one since 2013, joining Nathan McKinnon and Nico Heischer. So, uh, yeah. Should be very entertaining. According to Greg Oshinsky of ESPN, it's going to be like a live uh, draw. So you'll see the ball pop up for uh, the winning team kind of live if if you're watching it on Sportsnet and wherever it's going to be on in the States, I believe. Uh, yeah, any NBCSN will have it as well as the NHL Network. The other teams in order for the draft after the Whichever placeholder team wins are the Kings, Senators, Red Wings, Senators, Ducks, Devils, and Sabres. Now, I mentioned the uh, Florida Panthers as one of the teams who could get the number one overall pick. And they made some news here on Monday morning announcing that the club and general manager Dale Talon have reached a mutual agreement to part ways. His contract was set to expire after the season. And the announcement comes only a few days after they were eliminated from uh, the postseason by the New York Islanders. For the last decade, this according to Panthers owner Vincent Viola, Dale raised the team's profile, attracted key players to South Florida, and brought character and class to the franchise. When we purchased the Panthers in 2013, we did so with a singular goal to win a Stanley Cup. We have not seen our efforts come to fruition. We will now begin an organizational search for the next general manager. The Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, after losing in the qualifying round, remain the only two teams not to have won a playoff series since the lockout that wiped out the 04-05 NHL season. Uh, So that is just a remarkable stat in and of itself. Uh, the Panthers, yeah, they have a wealth of young talent. Uh, maybe not wealth, but, you know, Barkov, Ekblad, uh, the Bobrovsky signing turned out to be not great in the first year and potentially disastrous in a couple years. Uh, so whoever takes over that job has their work cut out for them, but there are some pieces there to build on. 
uh, to be sure. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to previewing some actual playoff action. As Tuka Rask said, again, the real hockey will now begin. And uh, I, for one, am excited to see our Bruins back in action in meaningful hockey games. Not that the round robin wasn't meaningful, but you know what I mean. So yeah, happy Monday, everybody. Take care of yourselves, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Peace.